Greetings and welcome to Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program. I'm your host for Heirloom Radio, John Lovering. On this track, I am fulfilling a request from a listener, a gentleman by the name of Harry Pitts from uh, Moorhead, Illinois. I believe this is Harry's second request. He said, I am really looking forward to another Elamanabner track. Well, look no further, Harry. It just so happens that Lum and Abner are about to show up on an episode that ordinarily aired in February 1935. That's, uh, what, 88 years ago? It seems in this episode that Abner, who faked an accident along with two fake broken arms in order to get his wife Elizabeth's sympathy, is coming back to the store. The Jotham Down country store that Lum and Abner want to get up and running and they have been operating their matrimonial advisorship services that they call uh, called it uh, from the old store, but need money to restock and open the store to the local folks. It seems that there is a new invention that Lum and Abner have acquired. It's a pocket flashlight. Uh, you might remember that, uh, well, I don't believe you personally will remember because it was a long time ago. Uh, but anybody who may remember, it was uh, such a device that was considered quite unique, this little pocket flashlight. And, uh, of course, today, everybody's got them. Well, they were trying to convince Mr. Horlick, the company that sponsors the show, to buy a lot of the flashlights for them and to sell them to his customers. Lum and Abner feel they can raise enough money to get the store up and running if Mr. Horlick will buy a lot of these new pocket flashlights from them. So we're about to head down to Pine Ridge, Arkansas, where Lum and Abner resign. Uh, reside, I should say. Probably felt like they should resign after this show. But the show began in 1935 on the Mutual Broadcasting Radio Network and moved to NBC Blue in 1936 then hopped over to CBS in 1937 and stayed there for three years until 1940, then back to NBC Blue, later to become ABC, and they stayed there to 1945, then the new ABC network from 1945 to 1947 and back to CBS to 1953. They generally did four to five 15-minute shows a week, most of them airing between 6.45 and 8 p.m., so for 22 years, the Lum and Abner show was on the air, centered around two small town men who owned the Jotham Down door. Now there'll be a quiz on the uh, at the end of this on asking you what stations they were on and when they were on them. Okay, what networks? So get a pen and pencil, or pen or pencil, or your computer, or your calculator, whatever you need to figure that out. Lum and Abner were played by Chester Locke, who was Lum and Norris Goff was Abner. They were, in real life, boyhood friends. They were also multi-talented, playing many roles with names like Grandpappy Peabody, Snake Hogan, Cedric Weehunt, Dick Huddleston, Doc Miller, Squire Skimp, and the supporting cast included Zezu Pitts, Andy Devine, Cliff Arquette, and others, and Wendell Niles, Gene Baker, and Roger Cop- uh, Roger Krupp. I'm sorry, Roger. You cup of coffee all the time, and I called you Roger Krupp. It's Roger Krupp were announcers over the years. Sponsors included Quaker Oats, Ford Automobiles, Horlick's Malted Milk, as in the episode you're about to hear. Remember, he's the guy that's got the money to buy the flashlights. And um, what a day vitamin pills, Miles Nervine Pain Medicine, and General Motors Company. These shows stand up very well today, 87, 88 years after they were aired. The writing 
and extremely well done acting stands up still funny as a tribute to Lum and Abner in 1936 a small town in Arkansas called Waters Arkansas changed its name to Pine Ridge in honor of the radio program there is today a Lum and Abner jot them down country store and museum in Pine Ridge Arkansas okay I gave you a lot of background information there so I'm gonna exclude the quiz let we'll let that go but a show that was as popular as Lum and Abner deserves it. I mean, the background stuff, not the quiz. All right, let's head on down to Pine Ridge for a show that was aired on February 7th, 1935, and a second one that was aired on February 8th, 1935, edited back-to-back. The first visit to Pine Ridge is entitled, Abner's Arm is Not Broke, or maybe the word should be broken. And the second show is, The insurance company paid Abner $200 for his broken arm injury. Oh, by the way, $200 in 1935 is equivalent to $4,350.51 in 2023, an increase of $4,150.51 over 88 years. Talk about inflation. Hey, this is Heirloom Radio. My name is John Lovering, and I do thank you for listening. Well, 
As we look in on Pine Ridge today, we find Lum and Abner down at the empty store building, which is being used for headquarters for their matrimonial bureau. The old fellows are very much concerned about the predicament in which they now find themselves. Listen. Oh, it just got me word to death. I don't know what to do. Well, Abner, you can't go ahead and collect damages from the insurance company when you weren't even in no automobile accident. Well, what am I going to tell them? I just meant tell her it's supposed to be out there tomorrow to settle. I don't know, but I know if you go ahead and collect damages from them, it's uh, obtaining false money under pretense. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, me. How come Elizabeth to call up the insurance company in the first place? Why, she just happened to run across that accident policy over at the house yesterday. So she just telephoned them right up and told them that I'd been hurt, had both arms broke, and wanted to settle me. Hmm. She thought that I'd forgot about having a policy. Maybe we could just explain to that just-man fella that you weren't sure enough hurt and ask him not to tell Elizabeth nothing about it. Yeah, but she'd find out something was wrong, Ron. They never paid me something. Two broke arms, why, they'd have to give me something. She'd just about go in there and tie the place up if they never paid me nothing, then they'd have to tell her. Granny's this is getting more complicated all the time. She ain't tell Elizabeth now. Oh, no, I'd rather go to the penitentiary and have her find out that that accident of mine was a fake. Oh, yeah. Looks like you can get yourself into more trouble than any one human I ever seen. I spend half my time getting you out of scrape. Well, if I never followed your advice, I wouldn't get him in the first place. This whole business started when you sent them pictures of me out to women that rode into the matrimonial bureau for a husband. Well, I never had no idea that one woman was going to fall in love with your picture and come down here to see you. Well, I never neither, but she did. And when Elizabeth found out about it and got so mad, why... It was your idea for me to make out like I'd been in an accident and got both arms broke, too. That's right. Blame me with the whole thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's appreciation for you. And you were the one that talked me into buying that insurance policy, too, Ron Edwards. Said I ought to have it on account of my wife. If you hadn't have said that, why, well, I wouldn't have bought it. Just wanted to protect her. Protect her? Yes, sir. I told you you ought to have it on account of your wife, but I meant to protect yourself, not her. If you get on one of them tantrums for her, you ought to have cyclone, tornado, and every other kind of insurance you can get. Yeah, and if she finds out that my arms ain't so enough broke, well, I'll need more than that. Yeah. Accident policy may come in pretty handy after all. Well, I ain't <laughs> gonna let Elizabeth know about it. Don't you worry about that, Mom. Well, I don't want you to. No, sir. She's about to find out it was my idea in the first place, and we both be into it. Ain't that big Hudson coming up out there? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, in here. Well, I don't know what to tell you to do about this, Abner, just offhand, but we got to study up something before that adjustment fella comes out here. I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't let on now. Don't talk about it none while Dick's in here. Well, howdy, Dick. Yeah, come in, Dick. Howdy, howdy. I got some more mail for you. Well, good. Folks writing in for the flashlight, already. <laughs> I'm anxious to see who they're voting for for president. <laughs> yeah. Anxious to see what? Who they're voting for for president, me or Long? You must not have heard our announcement on the party line yesterday, Dick. I know, I reckon not. Well, see, me and Abner got in a sort of an argument here yesterday about which one of us is going to be president of our jot-em-down store when we get it opened up again. So <laughs> we just decided to let the folks out on the party line do the election. Yeah, uh, we told them that when they sent in for these flashlights that were giving away, that uh, they could just write on the back of the rocker which one of us that they wanted to have open. Yeah. Well, won't that sort of complicate matters? Oh, no, no. They have to write their name and address on the back of the rocker anyhow. Won't be no trouble to write mine or Abner's name on there, too. <laughs> what if they don't want either one of you to hold off? <laughs> they don't have to vote on it. Oh, no. It don't make no difference to them. They don't have to say one way or the other. No. It ain't got nothing to do with us giving away the flashlight. 
It's uh, sort of a contest. Me and Abner's running on the side, fix her Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a fair way to decide on which one of us to be the president on. <laughs> you fellas usually have a little argument about it. Yeah, well, we figured this would illuminate all that. Yeah, uh, this will be the first time that I've ever been president, as long as we've been in bed. Well, wait a minute. Uh, Don't start that. You ain't elected <laughs> yet. Uh, see, I'm just doing this to prove to Abner that it ain't only me that thinks I'm the best qualified for the office. <laughs> Well, now, I don't want to get mixed up in this at all, fellas. I'm anxious to see, though, which one of you gets the most votes. <laughs> well, I figure I'll be elected about three to one. Perfectly. Maybe a few folks that'll vote for Abner. Don't know no better. Yeah, well, uh, let's just look at a little less mail that come in today and see how it's wrong. Yeah, Granny, I'll just show you. Well, I better get on back to store, fellas. I just run over with this mail. I figured if you fellas wanted it, you'd get it. Yeah, well, that's mighty thought of you, Dick. We appreciate it. Yeah, much obliged, Dick. Yeah, so long. So long. Now, before we look at these, Abner, I want to warn you not to be disappointed when you open them up and they're all voting for me. I don't want you to have no hard feelings uh, over me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at that man. Abner, first one. <laughs> huh? Oh, a bit obvious. And here says Abner, too. Yeah. Must be some of your relations right now. Well, I do know. Well, here's two more for me, Lawrence. Look at that. <laughs> That's funny. Don't reckon they got our names mixed up. Here's another one for you. Uh-oh, uh-oh. There's one for you, huh? Well, good. <laughs> There's somebody that knows a president when they see one. I reckon all yours just happen to be on top there. <laughs> I know well, you. Well, no wonder. Look there. Look who sent it in. Who was it? Ron Edwards, Pine Ridge. Oh. Did I vote for myself on that? Yeah, you vote Ron Edwards for president. Well, I was wondering. Uh, just force a habit, I reckon. Uh, that is, writing my name. I don't mean voting for myself. I aim to vote for you, Abner, just to be sure that you got one vote. Yeah. Well, good, good. Here, you can just change it, Mama. Just rub your name out there and then write mine. Well, I don't think you're allowed to do that, though, Abner. Huh? I don't think you're allowed to change the votes after they've been sent in that way. Hmm. Oh, we get to doing that. No telling where we'd wind up at. I dog it here. Two more for me, Mama. Okay. Let me see. For the land's Then there's something's wrong here somewhere. Can't figure this out. Read that. Dear Abner, yeah. oh, I put a note on there to you. <laughs> I am voting for you for president because you have both arms broken and I feel sorry for you. Well, <laughs> bless her heart. Bless her little heart. Listen here, said this might not the same thing too long. Well, and look you there. There's another one voting for you, just on account of your arms being broken. Well. <laughs> yeah, I see now. Yeah, that's the reason. Uh-huh. Just on account of them feeling sorry for you. You done that yesterday when you told them out on the party line that you had both your arms broke. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good idea. Well, I'm glad I put that in there. Well, it ain't fair. Cheating. Your arms ain't broke, and you know it. Uh-huh. You're just peeling to their sympathy. Granny's, I'll put a stop to that right now. Yeah, what are you fixing to do now, Lon? Yeah, Wait a minute. Mind. Huh? Well, recollect now, you said that we weren't going to have no mud slinging out. I ain't going to sling no mud. I'm just going to straighten out a misunderstanding here. The very idea you telling everybody yesterday that you were pitiful. I order just took be careful what you say. Howdy, everybody. Uh, this is Lum Edwards talking. <laughs> I've uh, got a little announcement to make about me and Abner running for president. I sure got that vote. Uh, a lot of you folks <laughs> voted for Abner because you felt sorry for him. Mm-hmm. Well, I just want to tell you that there ain't a thing in the world to that story about his arms being broke. Well, that's His right. arms ain't no more broke than mine is. We just made that story up to fool his wife. Uh, I've always been president of the Jotham Down store, and I'm about the only one in the company that knows anything about running it. I just want to remind you that when you're making up your mind which one of us to vote for, just 
figure out which one of us is the best qualified for the office and vote for me. Why, thank you. Granny, that ought to hold you. I'd be shamed to death if I was you, Ron. Claiming your arms was broke just to get both. Of all the unfair methods, I'll get mad because everybody's voting for me. That's the whole trouble I'm at, and you know it. And I put a stop to it, I know that. <laughs> I'll bet you don't get a vote tomorrow. Blame your own hard. They'll see what uh, underhanded methods you've been using, and they'll have a one turn again. Yeah, I think that's all right now. More than likely, somebody called me up, thanked me for exposing you. Oh, thing I ever heard of. Hello? This is Lum Edwards talking. I hope they're boring. Who? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Uh, yeah, but... Uh, well, yeah, that was just a joke. I, well, I never met... Yeah, uh, well, here, 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 you talk to him about it. Here, get up here. Wait. Uh, it's your wife, Elizabeth. She was listening on the party line a while ago and heard me tell everybody that your arms ain't sure enough rope. She's just a burning that telephone up. <laughs> well, it looks like Lumma's bungled things now, sure enough. Perhaps some of you haven't sent in for a flashlight because you already have one in your house. Well, if I were you, I'd send in and get one of these little fountain pen-sized flashlights, too. These are such handy things, about the size of a fountain pen, you know, and easy to carry around in a coat or vest pocket. For all their compactness, though, these little flashlights are amazingly powerful, really serviceable. It's the same kind of flashlight that costs 75 cents in the stores. But here's how you can get one with the compliments of Lum and Abner. Send in the wrapper from a package of Horlicks malted milk powder. Now, your wrapper may be from any size package, but it must be from a Horlicks malted milk powder package. Wrappers, I mean, from Horlicks tablets are not eligible. Write your name and your address on the back of the wrapper and enclose 10 cents to cover the cost of packing and mailing your flashlight. Then, mail your wrapper with your name and address and the dime to Lum and Abner, care of the station to which you are listening. Now, isn't that an easy way to get a fine aluminum pocket-sized flashlight complete with bulb and battery? Send in for a flashlight tonight, folks. Don't put it off until it's too late. If you don't have a package of Horlicks malted milk in your home now, you can get it in either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlick, who now bid you all good night and good health. Stay tuned, there's another episode of Lum and Abner. This time, the insurance company pays Abner $200 for a broken arm that wasn't broken. Here we are all ready to take you down to Pine Ridge for another visit with Lum and Abner, brought to you by the makers of Horlicks, the original malted milk. While we're on our way to Pine Ridge to see what the old fellows are up to this evening, let me tell you a little more about this flashlight that Lum and Abner are sending out to all users of Horlicks malted milk. So I'd be able to know what I was talking about, Lum and Abner let me borrow one of these flashlights, got it here with me right now, Suppose I describe it to you. All right. Well, it looks like a fountain pen. It's just about the same size. And on it, there's a good, strong clip, just like a fountain pen has. That's to keep the flashlight from falling out of your coat or vest pocket if you want to carry it around just as you do a pen or automatic pencil. Now, down at the bottom end of this good-looking aluminum tube, 
is a flashlight bulb, a non-breakable solid crystal bulb that can't become unscrewed and get lost. Now at the top, just above the clip I mentioned a minute ago, is the little button that you press to turn on the flashlight. And when you press that little button, well, that's when you're going to get the surprise of your life. Well, you wouldn't believe that anything as compact as this could throw out such a powerful beam of light. I tell you, folks, this little flashlight is certainly a peach. Every single one of you ought to send in and get one. That's easy enough to do, you know. Just send in the wrapper from a package of Horlick's malted milk powder. Can be from any size package, either natural or chocolate flavor, but it must be a Horlick's malted milk powder wrapper. What I mean by that is that wrappers from Horlick's tablets are not eligible. Now write your name and address on the back of this wrapper and enclose 10 cents to cover the cost of packing and mailing your flashlight. Then, mail your wrapper and dime to Lum and Abner, care of the station to which you are listening. And in return, Lum and Abner will send you one of these handsome pocket-sized flashlights, complete with bulb and battery. Now, don't put off sending in for your flashlight. Do it right away. Do it tonight before you forget it. And now... Let's see what's happening down in Pine Ridge. Well, Lum and Abner are very much concerned right now over the fact that Abner's wife, Elizabeth, has discovered an accident policy of Abner's and has put in a claim for damages on account of his recent accident. <laughs> the old fellows are afraid to tell Elizabeth that the accident was a fake, that Abner has not been hurt, and yet they don't want to accept any money from the insurance company on a false claim. The adjuster is expected in Pine Ridge today. As we look in on the office of the Matrimonial Bureau, we find Cedric Weehunt there in response to an urgent call from Abner. Listen. Uh, no, I just called you over here, Cedric, to uh, remind you to be sure not ever mention to nobody that my arms ain't sore enough broke. Well, I ain't told nobody, but, but Ma said she heard Mr. Lum make announcement over the party line yesterday and... He was telling everybody that there weren't nothing to that story about your arms being broke. Yeah, I know, I know. Lum got mad in here yesterday. My wife heard it, too. Really? We had a terrible time getting her straightened out on it. I had to get Lum to go over there and tell her that uh, he just done that for a joke. He told her he knowed she'd be listening in. <laughs> he just want to have some fun out of her. <laughs> <laughs> Did she appear to believe him? Yeah, she's all right now, but, law me, she was mad at a wet setting hen yesterday. If she finds out the truth now, why, it'll be worse than ever. That's the reason I wanted to caution you not to breathe it to a soul. Oh, no, ma, I won't. To tell you the truth, seeing you going around with your arms wrapped up that way, I'd about forgot myself that you weren't sure enough in no accident. Well, just go <laughs> ahead and let yourself forget it, then. That's the way they won't, they won't be no chance for you to give me away then. Uh, I'll try to forget all about it. O only trouble with me, when, when I try to forget something that way, look... Looks like I get to thinking about it so hard that I recollect it better than ever, then. <laughs> I, I believe the best way is for me not to try to recollect to forget it. Yeah, well, you ought to know better than anybody else, Cedric, whether you forget best when you're remembering or remember best when you're forgetting. Well, let's see, I'm getting sort of mixed up on it now. I forget whether I'm supposed to remember it or forget it. Forget it. That's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, but I forget what it was I'm supposed to remember to forget. Well, fine. You're doing all right then, Cedric. You've done forgot it. 
Yes, but I don't know what it was. I forgot them. Well, just quit thinking about it. You're liable to recollect it, and then you'll have to forget it all over again. Um, was that all you wanted with me, Mr. Abner? Yeah, I reckon so, Cedric. Well, I expect I better get on back to work then. Mr. Dick said he had some orders for me to deliver. Uh, the mail carrier hadn't got out yet when you left down there, had he? No, he hadn't come before I left. Oh, <laughs> doggies, I'm anxious to see how many votes I got today. <laughs> you know, me and Lama's letting the folks out on the party line decide which one of us is going to be president of our new store when we get it opened up. Oh, I reckon that was what Luella was talking about then. Luella? Yes, my, my little sister. Oh, oh. She come home from school today at noon and said Mr. Lum was down at the schoolhouse there this morning and give a speech. Yeah. <laughs> yes, told, told them all to send in for one of them flashlights that you're giving away and told them to be sure and vote for him for president when they rode in. Oh, he did, did he? <laughs> yes, well, that's what she said. So that's the kind of stunts he's pulling, Dad blames his heart. He's doing everything he can, Cedric. Even putting up signs around town saying, Vote for Lamenters for President. Oh, yes, and he's got the whole town covered with them signs. I know it. I reckon he'll be elected all right. But I, I hope you win, Mr. Abner. But, you know, whenever Mr. Lum makes up his mind to be elected to something, ain't nothing going to stop him. You know that yourself. Yeah. Well, of course, I never had no idea he's going to make a regular election out of this. You'd think he's running for a county judge the way he's carrying on. Well, if I was you, I'd get out here and do some handshaking. If you don't, he's going to beat you so bad you, you won't know you've been in the race even. Hey, don't get away from it. I'll just call up on the party line again. Remind him that I'm still in the race. Uh, you, you watch the front door there, Cedric. If you see Lum coming, we'll holler at me. <laughs> uh, uh, wait a minute, though. Here, you will have to ring the phone for me, Cedric, and hold a receiver up to me here. I can't do nothing here with these arms. Just give the fire alarm ring. Oh, yes, sir. Fire. Yeah, fire alarm. We always rang at to get everybody listening in, you know, and... I'll take down the receivers to find out where the fire's at. Well, whereabouts is the fire at? Why, there ain't none, Cedric. I'm just... Uh, wait, wait a minute. Uh, hold the receiver still now. Hello? Why, this here's Abner Peabody. I, I just want to thank you folks that's already rode in for voting for me. And, and just as quick as you get your flashlight, why, I wish you'd show it around to your friends. For, for I know that anybody at sea is going to want one of them, and... Be sure and tell them to vote for me, too, when they ride in. I don't know nothing about running for office this way, but if you folks elect me president, I'll guarantee that if any of you comes down to our new store wanting stuff on a credit, I'll let you have it. I've been trying to get to be president ever since me and Lum's been in business, and it's the first chance I've ever had to hold office. I'd love to just show Mr. you in Abner. one time what I can do. Mr. I don't. Huh? Here comes Mr. Lum out there in front. Oh, well, I hope you send in a vote for me. Goodbye. Hang up a receiver quick there, sir. Just hang it up. That's the way. <laughs> I don't believe he's seen you. No, no. Well, I better get on back to work. Yeah, I'm much obliged, Cedric. Come back again. Well, gentlemen, gentlemen. Oh. Well, hello, Cedric. You ain't leaving. Here's my respect. I better go. Well, I'd love to have you set a spell and visit with us. Here, have one of my cards. Tell your friends about me. What kind of cards is that, Lom? Oh, I just got some little personal cards I'm handing around. Well, vote for Lum Edwards for president of the Jotham Down store. The people's choice. Get on the bandwagon. <laughs> well, well, much obliged. So that's what you're doing. Getting out cards asking folks to vote for you now, huh? Well, recollect that old Edwards saying, everything's fair in love and war and politics. Where you been all morning, Norm? I tried to locate you all over town. Well, I've been, well, 
I just had a little business to tend to. Yeah. Well, I know what you've been doing. You were down at the schoolhouse making a speech asking the youngest to vote for you. That's what you're doing. Who told you that? Never mind. I heard it all right. <laughs> well, Abner, you're going to get the surprise of your life in the next few days when these votes starts coming in. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what I'll do. Just to save you a lot of embarrassment, I'll let you withdraw from the race right now. Withdraw? Just, just forget about the whole thing. Oh, no, you don't. No, you don't. We'll just go ahead and fight this thing till finish. Well, all right, all right. Recollect, I warned you. <laughs> if you get snowed under, it ain't my fault. No. Uh, what was it you wanted to see me so bad about? Why, that adjustment feller from the insurance company was out this morning wanting to make a settlement on my accident. He was. Whereabouts is he at now? Why, done went back, I reckon. Well, you explained to him that your arms weren't showing up broke. It was just making out like you heard on account of your wife, didn't you? No, that's what I wanted to tell you, Lom. I never had a chance. He went over there to the house first, and they the best called me to come over there. And by the time I got there, why, well, he'd already told her they was willing to settle for $200, and he brought out a check for that amount with him. Well, you never taken it, did you? No, I never. Elizabeth did. Her and Pearl's over there now figuring out what all they're going to buy with it in at the county seat tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. Abner, if she cashes that check, they can send you to the penitentiary for obtaining false money under pretenses and get me for being an accessory to the crime. Well, I, I couldn't help it, Lum. I, I wanted to tell him that my arms weren't broke and that I never had nothing coming to me, but well, I just couldn't bring myself to do it with there's the best standing right well, there. Now we're into it. Oh, man. Well, whereabouts is the check at now? Why, over there in the sugar bowl, I reckon. The sugar bowl? Yeah, uh, that's where Elizabeth keeps all the money. Uh, money for the heathen and stuff like that, you know. She's treasury for the missionary society. Well, there ain't but one thing to do, and that's for you to get that sugar bowl and get that check out of there and take it back in there to them insurance people before Elizabeth gets a chance to cash it. Well, I can't get it out with my arms and hands wrapped up in splints and bandages this way. Oh, that's right. I couldn't get my hand in a sugar bowl in the first place. Well, we got to get that check some way, Abner. I don't want to get mixed up in no false pretense business. It wouldn't be hard to get if somebody could just sort of slip in the kitchen there when Elizabeth ain't in there. That sugar bowl sits right there on the top shelf in the cupboard. Yeah, I was just thinking here. Uh, Re reckon I could slip in there and get that check out without her catching me? Well, i tell you what I could do, Rob. I could see that that kitchen door is left unlocked tonight, and you could wait till we go to bed, and then you could slip in there and get it out no trouble at all. Yeah, Granny, that might work. What time do you generally go to bed? Well, now, that's the trouble. We don't get to bed very early. It's generally 8.30 or 9 o'clock before we ever turn in. Well, I, Grannies, you leave that kitchen door unlocked tonight, Abner, and I'll slip over and get that check and take it back to the insurance company tomorrow. Tell them the truth about it. And this is the last time I'm going to try to help you, though. From here out, you can get yourself out of your own scrape, huh? <laughs> well, if Lum doesn't get that check back tonight, it looks like Abner will be in some serious trouble. And no, don't, don't forget, folks, send in tonight for one of these handsome pocket-sized flashlights. You'd pay 75 cents for this useful little flashlight if you bought it at the store. But if you'll just send in for one, you can get it complete with bulb and batteries with the compliments of Lum and Abner. That's easy enough. For all you have to do is to send in the wrapper from a package, any size package, of Horlick's malted milk powder. Must be Horlick's malted milk powder... Wrappers from Horlick's tablets, I mean, are not eligible. Well, write your name and address on the back of the wrapper and then mail it 
enclosing 10 cents to cover the cost of packing and mailing your flashlight to Lum and Abner, care of the station to which you are listening. In return, Lum and Abner will send you one of these little fountain pen sized flashlights, complete with bulb and battery. Now, don't put off sending in until it's too late. Do it right away. Those of you who don't already have Horlicks malted milk powder in your home can get a package, you know, either natural or chocolate flavor at your druggist. This is Carlton Brickert, speaking for Lum and Abner and Horlicks, who now bid you all good night and good health. Now, that'll be all. Just be sure to lock the door behind you on your way out. Good night.